Thank you, Jesus. You know, isn't it pitiful that here comes Halloween, just overswallows Thanksgiving. And here's holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas being choked out. But no more. We're going to let them know all about it. Because, you know, I, I preached on Thanksgiving last week, and I'm going to preach on Thanksgiving this week, and I'm liable to preach on Thanksgiving next week. Because yeah. it's so important that we do that. <clears throat> and you know, we know in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. Not for everything, but in the midst of everything. Give thanks. That releases the power of God to get you on the other side of it. Hallelujah. You know, I, I went back into the Old Testament. I wanted to go back to where Thanksgiving originally started. You know, there's something to that. And in Leviticus, you know, chapter 7, <clears throat> I want to start in verse 11. They had gave offerings and sacrifices. And then in verse 11, it says, This is the law of the sacrifice of the peace offerings. Say peace offerings. Now that peace offering, here's the word. The sacrifice of thanks. The sacrifice of thanks. That's the Greek. And it says, if he offer it a thanksgiving, then he shall with the sacrifice of thanksgiving, unleavened cakes mingled with oil and unleavened wafers anointed with oil, get the anointing with oil, and cakes mingled with oil and fine flour fried. Besides the cake, he shall offer for his offering leaven, leavened bread. Okay, that's important. <clears throat> With the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offering. Now, and of it he shall offer one out of the whole oblation for a heave offering. He means to lift it unto the Lord. And it shall be the priest that sprinkle the blood upon the peace offering. And the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering. Come on, let's read this. He shall give for a thanksgiving. Shall be eaten the same day that it's offered. It shall not leave any of it till morning. Sound familiar? Okay, come on now. Okay, but then I want to go on down. Uh, okay, he's talking about another. Oh, no. Let me go back up here. I get, you know, Rev, uh, Leviticus is kind of hard sometimes. <clears throat> okay. The thing about this sacrifice... This is a, okay. He said, if any of the flesh of the peace offering. Now, one of the things I found here, and I want you to remember this, that this sacrifice was of a willing heart. This wasn't demanded. The peace offering and the thanksgiving offering was of your own free will. If it wasn't of your own free will, he said, don't give it. Don't do it. And we see that <clears throat> uh, verse, let me go down here. I think it's verse 29. Now that's the most important part here I want you to realize. You don't give thanksgiving just out of ritual. <clears throat> and he says, speaking to the children of Israel, saying, He that offereth the sacrifice of a peace offering unto the Lord shall bring the oblation unto the Lord and the sacrifice of his peace offering. 
Of his own hands shall he bring it. <clears throat> Free will to the Lord made by fire. And, and it's uh, as a wave offering to the Lord. Okay. Now I want to go to 1 Chronicles 16. I'm using my computer today. 1 Chronicles 16. And in this, it's getting slow. They brought, the, verse 1, so they brought the ark of, the, of God and set it in the midst of the tent of David and pitched it, for they offered burnt offerings and sacrifices and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and peace offerings, which means thanksgiving, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord and dealt to everyone in Israel, and he gave them all a piece of bread, a piece of meat, and don't pay no attention to that last uh, King James word, it was a raisin cake, not a flagon of wine. <clears throat> Thought I'd tell you that. And he appointed certain Levites and ministers before the Lord and for the ark to give thanks and praise to the Lord of God of Israel. And this is the ones he appointed. Then David, it says in verse 7, Then on that day David delivered to the psalm to thank the Lord in the hands of Asaph and his brethren, the priests. To do what? To thank the Lord. And he says, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto the Lord praises, psalms, talk to him of all his wonderful works. Glory to, let me read, get in here. I'm having trouble because we used to sing that. <clears throat> Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord his strength and his face, how often? Continually. Remember his marvelous works that he has done, wonders and judgments at his mouth. And we see that was what he did. Give thanks unto the Lord. Make known his deeds among the people. Second Chronicles chapter 5. Now you can listen last week's message on Thanksgiving if you want to. But I wanted to go deeper in that because it's so important. It's so important. Second Chronicles 7, chapter 5. I'm going to go to verse probably 12. Okay. Okay. The priests had been sanctified, and the, and the Levites, verse 12, and the singers, and Asaph, there they are. They're all gathered together with their symbols and all that. And it came to pass, say it came to pass, that as the trumpeters and the singers were of one to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. Thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets, the cymbals, the instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, and his mercy endures how long? The house was filled with a cloud of the Lord, so that the priest couldn't stand to minister. Oh, and I couldn't help but think on the day of Pentecost, when they was in one accord, in one place, suddenly... The Holy Ghost came, and where were they all at? Laying on the floor. You know what? I, I see that. When they were in one accord and, one, and giving thanks to the Lord, he just sent a cloud to say thank you. Thank you. Oh, isn't that awesome? And we see that, you know, as you look at that, uh, I want to go Second Chronicles chapter 29 while we're here. Uh, chapter 29. 
The main thing I want you to realize that God don't want an offering that's not a free will offering. He says, you know, and I don't have time to go into all of them, but in 29, I want to start in verse, uh, let me go, let me just go down to 20, let me see what, 23 and 29. I had a ball doing this. Y'all know that I get paid to do what I love to do. <clears throat> okay. It says in verse 24, And the ki priest killed them and made reconciliation. Made what? With the blood upon the altar, and he made atonement for all Israel and for their sins. Oh, come on now. And he commanded the burnt offerings and the sin offerings to be made. And he set the Levites in the house, Levites in the house of the Lord with the symbols and here we go, all of them getting in place. And the Levites stood the instruments of David and the priest and the trumpet. Now look, Hezekiah, he's the one that come back and told them to go back into the house of the Lord and clean it all out, all the unclean stuff, get it all out of there and sanctify the house and get all these Levites and all the priests back where they were. And they made a sacrifice for that. 27. And Hezekiah commanded the offering of a burnt offerings upon the altar. When the burnt offerings began to, and the song of the Lord began, also the trumpets with the instruments of David and the king of Israel, and all the congregations worshiped, and the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded, and they continued, continued until the burnt offerings was finished. And when they had made an end of offering, the king and all that was present with him bowed and worshiped. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praises unto the Lord with the words of David and Asaph and all the praises with gladness they worshiped. Then Hezekiah answered and said, Now, you've been consecrated yourselves unto the Lord. Now I want you to come near. Come near. Now listen to what he says. Oh, come on. Now he says, Come near and bring sacrifices of thank offerings into the house of the Lord. And the congregation brought sacrifices and thank offerings. And as many as were of a free heart. How many were what? Offered burnt offerings. It wasn't required. Any of you with a free heart, come and bring it. Now I want you to see something. And the number of the burnt offerings which the congregation brought was threescore and ten bullocks, a hundred rams, two hundred lambs. All of these were for burnt offerings to the Lord. And the consecrated things that they brought of their free will, six hundred oxen, three thousand sheep. And the priests were so overwhelmed they couldn't do it all. So they had to ask the Levites to come help them sacrifice all of this from their heart. Abundance, he says, and also the burnt offerings were in abundance with, with peace offerings and drink offerings. You know, they were beside themselves giving. And Hezekiah rejoiced with the people because the people had what? Prepared their hearts to do this. Those with the free heart. See, that's what we got in the New Testament. God don't want you to do anything because you have to do it. That's why we said, you know, I, I used to give my tithes every Sunday because I was afraid that if I didn't, something might happen to me during the week. Oh, come on, y'all hadn't been raised under that, have you? Listen, the tithe comes from the harvest, but grace given out of your heart comes from the new covenant.
It's life-giving. Every man has purpose in his heart. Let him give, not grudgingly or necessity. Why? God doesn't need it. You know, that's what he said in one of these places. He said, the earth's mine. The fullness there. If I was hungry, I'd, I've got, I can eat. I've got animals. I think we'll look at that in a minute, probably. Are you seeing something here? Yeah. It's always. And the congregation brought thanks offering. Do you see how many they brought? 6,000 oxen. Now, in Ezra chapter 3, when the foundation of the temple was laid, when they got the temple laid, all the singers and the priests and everybody come, and they worship and give thanks for the Lord for the foundation being laid. Okay? All right. Oh. Then you go on and you see in, in Nehemiah chapter 12, when they laid, they started building the walls. And when they got the walls built, let's see, that's Nehemiah. Let's go to 12, about verse 31. Since I got it here. When they got the walls built, look what they did. Okay. It says, And the priests and the Levites purified themselves and the people and the gates and the wall. Then I brought up the princes of Judah upon the wall and appointed them two great companies. Now look at this. To give thanks. One company went to the right and one company went to the left. And all they did was praise and thanks God. Thank God for the, for the walls. That's all they did. They, they thanked him for the walls that they had built there. You know, I thought of this verse in Psalm 6, 5. It says, for in death there's no remembrance of you. In the grave, who shall give you thanks? Why are we here? I want you to just for a second think about it. When you hear the word thanksgiving, who's it directed to? The first, original, and everything. Whenever you think of thanksgiving, it's to give him thanks for all he's given us. <clears throat> I think of that like the second thanksgiving the pilgrims had. About half of them starved to death pretty well. And they had thanksgiving. And all they had was five kernels of corn a day to live on. Everybody. Man, woman, five kernels of corn. And that next year they had abundance of crops. They had, and they were having Thanksgiving. And the plate was set out all around. And five kernels of corn was set on the first, off, first thing they looked at. And they said, this, lest we forget. Lest we forget. How much of Thanksgiving today is actually thought of of giving thanks to God? See, it's really important to God, but He don't want. He, he's not going to make you give Him thanks. He won't. The Bible's so clear in every, you know in Romans chapter one says when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but become vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became a fool and worshipped the creation more than the creator. Unthankful. And exchanged the glory of God for the image of man. So God gave them over to the reprobate mind. To do those things which were not what? Convenient. Whew. 
You remember when in Luke, when, when Jesus said the little children were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, and the disciples was praising Jesus for all he had done. They got to thinking about all he had done. And the Pharisees said, command your disciples to be quiet. And Jesus said to them, I'll tell you something. If they hold their peace and don't be thankful, the rocks will begin to cry out. All creation will cry out in thanks to me for what I've done. If these should hold their peace. Psalms 18, 48 says, I will give thanks to thee, O Lord, among the heathen and sing praises to your name. Psalms 34, sing unto the Lord, ye saints of his. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Thou hast, verse 12, thou hast turned my mourning into dancing, O Lord. I will give you thanks forever. How often? Forever. You know those priests, I don't know how long it was, and I, I can't read it all. But they was ordered to give thanks continually. Continually. How long is continually? All the time. There was a lot of them, but they was commanded to continually give thanks unto the Lord. Not just 30 minutes or 45, 24-7 to give thanks to the Lord. You know, I'm going to go to Psalms 50. Gail got to see this the other day, but I was going through this. When I got to Psalms 50, she came in and asked me a question. and By that time, I'd got to Psalms 50. And uh, all of a sudden, I looked down, and, and these gold flakes or silver started falling on my paper right at the bottom. So I went and got my, I've learned to do this. I've got it all over my Bible, but I've got a scotch tape dispenser because they're real fine. And when I see them, I just take the tape and stick it there. And on, on chapter 50, now listen to what he says here. Oh, hallelujah. Out of Zion, the perfection, the beauty of holiness has shined. Verse 2. Our God shall come, shall not keep silent. The fire will devour before him and the very tempest around him. And he'll call the heavens from the birth, earth and the earth and may judge his people. Now gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. That's where these little things read right on the bottom. Hear my people, I will speak. I will testify, I am your God. I will not prove thee for your sacrifices. I will not. And burn offerings that have been continually before me. Now what do you say? I will take no bullock out of my house, nor he goes in the fold. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle upon a thousand hills. Verse 11, I know the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine in the fullness thereof. I will eat the flesh of bulls and drink the bloods of goats. Offer unto God thanksgiving. Pay your vows unto Most High. He said, the only sacrifice I want from you is thanksgiving. Just be thankful for what I've given you. And what's he given us? Everything. What's left that he didn't give us? Nothing. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. And then as I was going on over, and I can't see them right now because you've got to get the light just to just a certain place. But every place I went from there, they were just falling. And when I put a tape, even some of it would fall underneath the underside of the tape. And uh, so uh, let me go to Isaiah. I think I'm going to Isaiah. I mean, Psalms. 
Oh, man. It's so good. There it is. There was one little gold right there where it says, thanking God for his nature. It's right there where it says that. I know some of you think this is weird, but it's not. I've watched it for years. I've got gold all over my Bible taped down. And it's just him saying, hey, look at this. I said, okay, I'm looking. Okay. Mm. You know, I got to 69, and, and there it is. And this is prophetic about Jesus. It says, I am become a stranger to my brethren, alien and to my mother's children. That's the heart cry of Jesus. That's what happened to his brothers and sisters and his mother. It says, for the zeal of your house has eaten me up. Reproaches of them that reproach thee have fallen upon me. And he says, when I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, it was to my reproach. Okay. Then he talks about reproach has broken my heart. I'm full of heaviness. And whose all of that was he taking? Ours. And he looked for pity, and there was none. For comforters, but found none. And they gave me also gall for my meat, and the thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. But look down here. He says in verse 29, I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise your name, O God, with song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. With what? Thanksgiving. Continually, the fruit of our lips, giving praise to the Lord for what he's done. And you look... uh, let me, while I'm here, oh, I'd love to go through for the next hour and show you all of it, but I can't do it. But over here in, in Jeremiah chapter 30. Okay. Verse 12, this is what he says. For thus saith the Lord, your bruise is incurable, your wound grievous. There's none to please my cause that you may be bound up. You have no healing medicines. All your lovers have forgotten you. They seek you not, for I have wounded you with the wound of an enemy, the chastisement of the cruel one, for the multitude of your iniquities, because your sins were increased. Why you cry because of your affliction, your sorrow is incurable. The multitude of iniquities for your sins have increased, these things have been done. Now listen to what he promised. Therefore, all that devour you shall be devoured, and all your adversaries, every one of them, will go into captivity. And they that spoiled you will I give for a spoil. And they that prey upon you I will give for a prey. And I will restore health to you. And I will heal you of all your wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called you an outcast. And this is Zion who no man seeks after. But then he goes on and says to this. Thus saith the Lord, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents. Now Jacob was the old man. Have mercy on his dwelling place, the cities he built, and the heaps, and the places after the manor. Out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. What is that? That's all that's left when you realize what Jesus has done for you. I mean, he did it all. There was nothing left for you to do but give thanks. Call upon his name. And he says, and the voice of them that make merry, and I will multiply them, and they will not be few. I also will glorify them, and they will not be small. Their children also shall be as aforetime. The congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish all that oppress them. And their nobles shall be of themselves, and their governors shall proceed in the midst of them. And I will cause them to draw near, and he shall approach unto me. For in this, 
for who is this that engages his heart? To approach unto me, saith the Lord. Ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. Ooh, Lord. He said in the latter days, you consider it, consider it perfectly. You know when Jonah did his little deal. But when he came to himself, you know, it says, I will sacrifice unto the Lord with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is the Lord. When he began to thank the Lord, what happened? God told him to spit, the, spit him out on the bank. I bet he was a good-looking rascal about that time after being there a while. But, you know, we see all through the Scriptures in the New Testament, Jesus took the seven loaves and fishes that he fed everybody with. The Scripture says, and when he broke it, he gave thanks and distributed and fed 5,000-plus women and children. In, chapter, in Matthew 26, 26, when it was time for him to, to go to the cross, he took the cup and gave thanks and said to them, drink ye all of it. How much of it? All of it. And Luke, you remember we, we uh, Luke chapter 10, when the 70 returned, said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us. And then he said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've hid these things from the wise and prudent, but have revealed them to babes, for so it seemed right. And he said to them, don't rejoice because the demons are subject, but your names are written in the book. Thank you, your names is written down. You know, we talked about last week when the ten lepers came and said, if you will, you can make us whole. And he made them whole, and they took off, and only one came back. It was a Samaritan, and fell at his feet and gave him thanks. And he says, where's the other nine? that's not return to give glory to God. Now, I want to tell you, you want to know how to give glory to God? Be thankful. One place Jesus said he's come back to, be th to give me thanks. Another place he said to give God glory. When you're thankful, you give glory to God. And I'm telling you, you know, my Janice's stepdad, Garland, everywhere we went, every time I seen Garland, I'd be in here, thank you, Jesus. It was coming out of his mouth continually. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He said that probably a thousand times a day. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, it's a thankful heart. It's a willing heart that he's talking about. That's what he wants to do. That's, that's why it's so dangerous when you start feeling like you've got to do something else than what Christ has already done for you. You become unthankful. That old heart is unthankful. Very unthankful. Romans 1, 80 says, I thank God through Jesus Christ that your faith is spoken of throughout the world. Because when they knew God, and I'm not even going to go there. Romans 6, 17 says, but God be thanked that you were sinners. He said, God be thanked you were sinners. You have obeyed from the heart that doctrine now being set free from, you, from the, the law of death. You've become servants of righteousness. Oh, bless the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God that gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 2, 14, now thanks unto him which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, 15. All these things are for your sake, <clears throat> that the abundance of great grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. What? The thanksgiving of many might redound. First, 2 Corinthians 9, 10. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply the seeds and increase the fruit of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to the bountifulness which causes us through our thanks, that causes us through our thanksgiving to God. 
Now verse 15. Now thanks be unto God for this unspeakable gift. Paul said in Ephesians 1, I cease not to give thanks for you night and day, making mention of you in my prayers. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.6, be anxious for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to the Father. I think we need to learn to give thanks to the Father. Not just in November. Every day, in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will. All right. Now, I use this in Thanksgiving and prayer a lot of times. Because, let me read it to you. Abstain from fleshly meats. He said, that's, that's under the law. Why? He says, God has created them all to be received with thanksgiving. And he says, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it's received with thanksgiving, for it's sanctified by the word and with prayer. You can eat anything you want to on Thanksgiving if you give him thanks. Amen. It's sanctified by the word and prayer. So be sure and do that and eat to your heart's content. You can go on a diet the next day. Take no thought for the morrow. Eat all you want to today. No. Okay. Well, now this one gets us all. First Timothy 2.1. Now I exhort therefore first that supplications, prayer, intercession, and the giving of thanks be made for all men, for all that are in authority, for the kings and all your governors and all your people, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness, for this is the will of God. We're going to have to have a lot of time to practice that the next year, aren't we? Oh, happy day. Now, I'm going to leave you with this one. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, say by him. him. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto God. By him. You can't even do that apart from him. Isaiah 59, 17 says, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is near saith the Lord, and I will heal him. And I will what? Heal him. But then it says, there is no peace, saith God, to the wicked. You try to find someone that's in peace that's on that other stuff. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. Because peace has to do with being thankful, giving a thank offering, a lift up offering.